Good morning and welcome to HR Examiner's Executive Conversations. I'm your host, John Sumter, and today we're going to be talking with Jason Corsello, who is one of the pillars of the HR technology community. Jason runs strategy and corporate development for Cornerstone and has been maybe the leading thinker in the evolution of the industry for as long as I've been around. How are you, Jason? I'm good, John. You're you're all too kind, but it's great to catch up with you. Yeah, yeah. So so why don't you do a quick introduction? I I, I laid out the flattery. Now you don't have to flatter yourself. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so I have uh, I've been in the HR technology space for almost 20 years now. I think like like many of us in HR technology, we we didn't. Envision ourselves, you know, in this field probably 20, 30 years ago, but here we are, and I, I think it's it's been a completely fascinating journey. You know, I think I, I met you probably fairly early on in that journey when I was a an industry analyst back in the, yeah, well, I don't want to date myself here, but you know, north of north of uh, 10 years ago. So that was really an opportunity for me to really understand and and dissect the HR technology space from the practitioner side, the end user side to the to the vendor side. From there, I went on to the consulting world and worked with a firm called Knowledge Infusion, where we worked with end users and some pretty large companies and helping them transform their HR technology strategy and function to where I've landed at Cornerstone. I've been at Cornerstone for now seven years, kind of heading up strategy and corporate development, which essentially means my job changes every month in either where we're focused or, or what we're doing. So it's been a, been a great journey, and you know, it's it's. I think we're at another inflection point of of the industry, which I'm certainly excited about. So tell me what what is what is the essence of the Cornerstone strategy these days? That's that's um, it, it's it's such an amazing company, but keeping keeping a um, a clear bead on where it's going is 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 a um, an interesting question. Yeah, and and um, you know we are kind of evolving ourselves at Cornerstone. So um, I'm sure many of your listeners hopefully know that some of the story of Cornerstone. But you know we've been uh, in the industry for nearly 20 years. You know Cornerstone really started at the beginning of cloud, and we like to think we're kind of one of the pioneers in, in cloud computing. Um, and you know we've been been one of the, the fast growers in the industry. You know I was doing some research the other day and. There's there's only about 50, and in fact, it's, I think it's 56 to be exact companies that software companies that get over a half a billion in, in revenue, and we're right at that point. So it's exciting time at, at Cornerstone, um, in that we're we're kind of in, in in a territory where there's very few companies that achieve a half a billion in, in revenue, and now we're 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 entering a phase now where we're going from a half a billion to a billion in revenue. So from a business perspective. You know, I think there's there's certainly a huge market ahead, and and um, uh, you know, we're, our goal is to, to keep growing the, the business. But from the product and, and the technology and the evolution of, I think what you're asking is, I think we're you know a lot of focus that we've been been building over the last five to ten years is building out depth of, of capabilities of our applications, and you know, we like to think we've got some of the deepest applications in learning and talent and and uh, more recently in, in HR. Um, but I think, you know, for us, I think the future looks more um, focused on, on platform. Now, platform doesn't necessarily mean platform as a service, but platform to me is things like 
um, you know, the underpinning foundation of the technology to open up the technology, open up the APIs. It means accessing data and, and using data in a, in a much different way. It means leveraging analytics and, you know, this whole area of, of uh, AI, um, you know, and, and exploring new areas there. Um, and, and the last area that I've been very fascinated with over the last year is content. I think, you know, it's great to have, have technology and it's great to have data and applications, but you also need context to that. And that's where I think content plays a big role. So, so I think that's the, the big shift that we're embarking now is, is becoming more of a, of a platform company, but not in the, the tr traditional sense or how many define it today, but more leveraging things like content and data um, uh, to, to really rethink how we, we do, do HR technology. Well, that's so. So I've been looking pretty heavily at artificial intelligence, and we might talk some spe specifics there. But what I'm noticing is that that it's becoming the case that you can't really develop new functioning ideas without access to both context and content and some technology hooks. And so I think what you're talking about as a platform is uh, sort of the the host for innovation, the, the the layer of the layer of social engineering and uh, product development that allows for innovation to happen. Is that is that what you mean? I think so. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'll say it a little bit differently from how you you said it, John, which is. You know, to me, I think there's there's kind of four components of how we think about what everyone's talking about today, which is AI, artificial intelligence, and machine learning, and I'll lump all those things, things those things together. And to me, you know, it's four, and there's these are just things I was just thinking about um, this morning, but I'm sure there there may be more. But the first is you need you need expertise, right? I think you need this is really a specialized field around. Um, data, computation, algorithms, you know, lots of terms I don't even understand these days. But, you know, you, you need a level of expertise and you need a team to really understand at the, the deepest levels um, what kind of machine learning is and, and what it means to specifically to an organization. You also need technology, right? You need, you need technology to really have the speed to, um, uh, to process data very efficiently. I mean, yeah, you know, we're all talking about machine learning over the last two or three years. It's it's not a, a new field, um, but I think the way that we do it, leveraging new types of technology, um, accelerates that pace very significantly. So you know, you, with, with Hadoop and all these things, it, it it certainly helps. Not to say you couldn't do it previously. You could have bought a bunch of SQL servers, but it was probably cost efficient, inefficient, I should say. So you need team, you need technology, but I think there's two other components to this. The third is data. And that's where I think a lot of incumbent vendors or vendors, you know, that aren't startups have a, a distinct advantage. You know, Cornerstone, we've got three, uh, 30 million users. We're processing lots of data on a, on a daily basis. And I think that's an inherent value. And also being multi-tenant, where we get to share data and look at data anonymously across clients is a, is a huge, huge advantage. And the fourth is ecosystem. And that's where I think what you're indicating, I, I think, you know, we, we certainly can't do it all. We don't have all of the data. And that's where, you know, this platform idea really means you need to have leverage and harness the power of a, of a broader ecosystem, i.e. partners to, to be able to, 
to, to make sense of, of a lot of things. So, so those four things, team, technology, data, and partners, I think is, is really critical um, in this whole area that's emerging around AI. So, so what's really interesting to me is that, that the complexity that you just described is, is enough to give any grown person <laughs> cause for um, some sort of prescription. Um, uh, the the convocation to all of that is something that I think you've been paying some attention to, which is personalization. So you take those four big amorphous pieces that are dynamic and growing and manage them so that you can drop a personalized uh, experience and personalized framework on every desktop. That's that that's an extraordinary challenge. What are you thinking about? It is. Now? Yeah, I, you're absolutely right, and I think we're we're at the the earliest of of days in this in this uh, technology shift. You know, when I say earliest, I think we're like the top of the first inning of what what we're seeing here. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, the personalization is a theme. I'm certainly very have been digging in quite a bit and I think it means many things to many different people but I think personalization is everything from uh, you know what skills do I need to develop to where do I want to um, evolve my career to what teams do I want to work on to you know where are the, the relationships within the organization so it, it means a lot of a lot of different things and that's that's just for the employee I think it also means a lot of different things for the employer and the business and the organization. So, you know, I think that's where, you know, when we talk about AI and when you walk across the, you know, HR technology conference and every vendor has AI, unfortunately we didn't, but every vendor, every other vendor seems to have AI on, on their booth. Um, you know, it's, it's, I think what we're talking about at the end of the day in, in some instances is, is personalizing that experience, personalizing the employee experience, personalizing a lot of things that we just haven't done yet as, as organizations and haven't demanded as employees. That's interesting. So let me, let me take a little dip into, into one of the things that you said that, that, that I find sure. entertaining. You know, the, the idea, when I look at the big players, and, and Cornerstone is clearly one of the biggest players in the space, what I'm noticing is that the deployment of these artificial intelligence-ish technologies always runs along a fault line that's related to the core of the company. So when I think about when I think about Cornerstone's endeavors, um, I think I think there's an extraordinary piece of work going on with with the intelligent technologies. Um, it just isn't understood that way because cornerstone's roots are learning right and so and so sure. this stuff is taking root there um where some other company might be transactional and having it come out of payroll or some other company may have a sort of a planning bias and 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 have it come out there and so so i find that a lot of the the bigger companies deeply understate how heavily they are using and, and and I think Cornerstone does that. Um that that you're actually you're actually leading the pack in some ways that 
are so natural that they don't seem like a competitive differentiation. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and John, I'm certainly biased, right? Because learning is is really at the core of, of cornerstone. But I, I do think learning is is and should be the core of of, of us as employees, and more specifically is. Um, learning skills. Skills to me are so important today. And I, I think, you know, we don't do enough to develop new skills where, you know, as, as we mature, as we get older, I've got three, three, three kids. And part of what I try to do is infuse in them uh, ability to be lifelong learners. And I think that is so important. And what that essentially means is they should constantly be developing new skills. I think skills are such an, that to me is, is the currency um, of the future. And so, you know, skills mean, mean that there's, there's so many things that we can be doing as, as employers to help develop those skills. And if you start there, that allows you to, to, to go in so many different directions. I mean, I I did a a fascinating um, individual research project uh, a couple of days ago where I was looking at all these new, you know, what we think is the most innovative companies and looking at their job pages and see what they're hiring for. And it's completely fascinating. So Amazon is hiring a culinary product developer. I'm not sure what that is, but who would have thought Amazon has a job opening for a culinary product developer? Or you've got Uber that's hiring an automotive occupant packaging engineer. Again, I'm not quite certain what what that actually means. I think it's probably something related to self-driving cars. But, you know, getting back to I think skills are are so important because of the fact that er jobs are changing so quickly. In fact, every job is or should be changing over the next couple of years. And so that's where I think skills and learning are, are so important to the foundation of what we're doing. That's that's interesting. One of the one of the the ideas that I kept running across as I was researching AI is the notion of an evergreen job description. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. and right, the, you could make the case that that the reason that it's so easy to disrupt companies is that they continue to hire to old job descriptions. That's right. Um, and and miss the fact that the market is changing. And so I, th- I wouldn't be surprised to discover that you guys are working on a project or two where the idea is to help people hire at, at the peak of the skills market. So, so instead of software developer with a 10-year-old software development job description, um, you hire the best of what everybody else is hiring. Yeah, and I think this gets to one of your earlier points, which is you know, the pace of change just continues to accelerate, right? And so, you know, the, the jobs that we, <clears throat> the jobs and skills that we've been been developing uh, over the last five years are going to be completely different over the next twenty years, right? And that's going and over the twenty years, it's going to be very different. So, I think that's that's the interesting change that we're seeing and the interesting opportunity for us as HR technology providers is to figure out how do we enable and support that that change, right? Whereas you can easily change a job description. You can easily help figure out how to develop a skill. And, you know, developing a skill doesn't necessarily need to mean expertise level. 
but developing a, a skill that, that maybe someone can learn quickly for a, a specific situation. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, I, I'm, I'm probably more excited than I have been over the last 10 years because I, I just think there's, there's so many things and opportunities ahead. That's, that's interesting. One of the things I think changes when you start talking about radical, ongoing, dynamic personalization inside of an organization. God, listen to this. This is a buzzword, Stu. I probably have passed it. You know, the, the idea that you do this in a dynamic environment that adapts at the pace of business um, introduces a level of risk in career decision-making that that seems different, right? It used to be, if I became an optician, I could guarantee that I was going to stay an optician and, you know, attend some conferences to stay up to speed. And now if I start as an optician, I'm, I just might end up as a web designer because (laughs) I had to learn those skills to stay an optician. And that drives me off the track into something else. And, and so the question is, when you when you start making recommendations for people to personalize their their environment, how do you handle the risk that 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 it it feels like anxiety is the new normal and um, in this particular area, how am I going to invest my time to get better at what I do and know that that's going to be useful and a good investment of my time and energy. Yeah, and listen, I don't think anyone has that answer yet. It's probably one of the best questions I've been asked over the last year plus. And, and to claim that you know anyone has figured this out yet, I think is is a stretch. So um, I, I think you have to take. At the end of the day, we still need to make decisions, right? And you know, the decisions to me are the inputs from many different sources, and it, it depends on the reliability of of those sources. So. Yeah, we're we're delivering recommendations in our system every day, and and those those recommendations get better every day. So I think it's it's a constantly moving target. I guess is probably maybe the best way to answer your question. But you know, for me, I'll I'll give you an example, right? And this is probably a very lame or cheesy example, but I I travel from uh, along the the shoreline in Connecticut to JFK probably every every two weeks, right? And so. I got to try to figure out the most efficient way to get to JFK from my house. And there's really, you know, two routes to get there. You can go down 95 or you can go down the Merritt. And, you know, I plug in ways to figure out how to get there the most efficient way. But what I could tell you is, you know, some days I'm, I'm more confident than ways than, than others. And I could tell you some days it takes me an hour and a half to get to JFK's. And, you know, more recently it took me over three hours to get to JFK, right? Cause there's changing, uh, circumstances, right? The weather changes, traffic changes. Um, you know, you, you run into unforeseen uh, errors, right? Maybe the car breaks down. Uh, luckily, that didn't happen to me. But I guess what I'm indicating is, is that, you know, we are getting, our systems are getting smarter. Our data is getting better. But at the end of the day, we have to make decisions based on, on, on that information and the reliability of that information. And, you know, I, the good news is, is we will continue to see it get better. Um, but that's, that's what we're all, you know, I, I shouldn't say we're all, but that's what, you know, folks like Cornerstone and companies like Cornerstone are trying to, to solve for is how do we make it easier for our, 
our clients to make decisions and they could be small decisions of what content do we put in front of employees to how do we how do we plan for our workforce in the next three years so it's it's fun and exciting experience at the same time it's it's really scary and it's scary partly because there's there's a well documented there's plenty of social science behind the assertion that generally speaking human beings would have would prefer to have other people make decisions for them right human human beings like like hierarchy and they like authority flow not universally but 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 significantly um uh, to the point that people will do stupid things if you tell them to and so <laughs> it's right? funny you say uh, that you know after uh, the, the last uh, year of watching <laughs> elections and and this is not just you know us in the states but globally <laughs> Yeah, no, it's 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 exactly right. It's exactly right. It's it's easy to, well, so there, there's a kind of a, a a relief from anxiety that comes with certainty, and um, when somebody else is in charge, there's you get that freedom from anxiety, and and so it's a natural <laughs> thing for people to to move towards that. It's it's really choose anxiety if you had the choice. Um, and, <laughs> right. And, and so, yeah. so you dump a recommendation into that when, 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 when ways tells me to turn left, guess what I do? I turn left. And, and really, yeah. I bet, I bet 80% of the time it's right. Maybe even 90% of the time it's right. But when it's yeah. wrong, <laughs> when it's wrong, um, I blame the computer. Um, of <laughs> Right, and so we're so we're we're ending up headed towards a time where um, um, blaming the computer has a different financial and legal set of consequences than maybe it used to have, and that's that's something it's not it's not at all clear yet. But but as we get towards personalized recommendations and people making decisions. <clears throat> Where the decision gets made and, and how you think about where the decision gets made is going to start to be really important, don't you think? Sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And that's where <coughs> I think, you know, the, the personalization theme that I've been thinking a lot about, it. I think that's where, you know, there, there's a lot of influences and ultimately, you know, we – we, we we want to blame other people when maybe things don't go right, but I, I do think we you have to you have to you have to balance personalization with accountability and transparency and other factors. But I think you know trying to answer your question. I think you know certainly I, I think personalization and individual you know making individual decisions are, are important. But there's also another theme I've been thinking more and more about is. is um, and maybe this falls in line with what you're suggesting is this, this concept of teams, right? You know, we've always growing up, we've, you know, we've been on teams, sports teams. And, you know, as we, we get older teams, depending on what we're doing, are, are more or less important. But I, I'm seeing a, a big shift for organizations starting to emerge where there's a big focus on teams, right? So, you know, perform, and when we do performance reviews, for example, it's no longer individually based, it's team based. And I do, and, and maybe that's because you know people are are trying to hedge against making bad decisions or defaulting to to decisions. But 
I also think, you know, this, this whole idea of, of teams is an important one that we're going to see more and more of. Um, and, and I'm starting to see it even like on, on career, career sites, for example, where instead of, you know, you're looking for a job on a, in a specific function, you're looking for a job on a, for a specific team. And so, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm probably saying a couple of different things, but I guess, you know, it, the, the individual and personalization side is important, but I also think, you know, teams and this whole team concept is going to become more important as well. I think so too. It's, it sounds paradoxical when you when you when you have a conversation like this about it. But what part of what's happening is we're getting real time research into what actually happens in organizations, and I'm starting to see significant indicators that the people that leadership think are high potential or high performers are not the people who make the organization tick. <laughs> That's right. Um, right. It, it, there's there's a, a very important resource allocation process that involves leadership anointing people inside of the system as the places where resources go. But it turns out that the people who make the organization tick don't necessarily get high performance reviews because what they spend their time doing is helping other people do their jobs better. Um, you're you're and, absolutely right. Right, and so and so so there's a lot of fuss about changes in performance management processes, but what's really going to happen, I think, is that we're going to start changing our understanding of what performance is, uh, because yeah, we've got I mean, all. Right. I, mean, I, I was going to say, John, you know, this this isn't necessarily a, a new field or a new idea, right? I'm sure you've. You've read some of Rob Cross's research. I remember reading it a number of years ago, probably you know ten years ago plus, in the concept of a central connector, right? Which is right. You know, the, the people that are most important to the organization aren't necessarily the the high performers, but they're those central connectors. And and he mapped it simply by looking at flows of of email uh, email traffic. And so, yeah, I I, I certainly um, think that. Um, uh, you know, that, that performance, when we look at performance and, you know, you roll down the company and business performance down to, uh, to the lowest levels, I think what you see in the middle there is, you know, the high performing teams and understanding how the, understanding the glue of that organization and how connected it is, how efficient it works, I think really is the secret sauce in a lot of organizations. That's right. Well, well, we have zipped through a half an hour. It's been it's been um, a remarkable <laughs> conversation, um, and and I don't have the slightest idea if we got to the things that you wanted to talk about. So let me let me let, let me give you a chance to cue something up if if we miss miss something important. I don't think we we missed anything important. It's always fun to talk talk to you because it's a. A much, a much deeper level of conversation than, than talking about features and functions and technology. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I always enjoy talking to you. And, and I think, you know, there's a lot of interesting things that are, that are ahead. Um, uh, you know, I, I think there's just so many uh, opportunities for, for vendors to constantly be doing better for our clients and, you know, um, building better products and building, you know, products that help them accelerate their decision making. And so that's where I think, you know, that's where I'm trying to focus a lot of my, 
my energy is is not just look at you know can you can you make a process more efficient, but how do you actually change and transform it the way we do things in, in some cases? So why don't you take a moment and reintroduce yourself and let people know how they might get a hold of you? Yeah, so John, I'm Jason Corsello. I'm at Cornerstone On Demand. I can be easily accessed via email. Uh, my email is jcorsello at csod.com. Um, I'm always happy to chat. I, I try to make it to lots of events, and so, um, you know, I always like to, to connect with people at those events if, if uh, people are going around. I don't know what the next great event is, but um, I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'll be at some of the, the big events over the coming year. Thanks for taking the time to do this, Jason. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, John. It's always fun to chat. Uh, thanks. We've been talking with Jason Corsella, who is the um, God. I, I lost. The, I lost the title. The senior vice president of strategy and corporate development for Cornerstone. One of the smartest guys in the business. If you have a chance to run into him and grab him for a conversation or listen to him give a talk, you really ought to do it. You've been listening to HR Examiner's Executive Conversations. I'm your host, John Sumser, and we will see you again next week. Thanks for listening in. Bye-bye now. 